0: Welcome to the Starting With One podcast Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clue Series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life & Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We're also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help business leaders attract and retain top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Al, it's barbecue season. What are you saying? What are you up to this weekend?
1: Well, it's barbecue season, but it's also right in the midst of cycling season. And I'm excited because... Uh, As you know, I had a little problem with my bike on my last ride last weekend, but uh, it's all fixed up and ready to go. And of course, whenever I get it back from the repair shop, it's kind of like I get a brand new bike again. So I'm excited. And it sounds like our guest, too, also rides their bike, but it's a little bit different kind of bike. So I don't know if we'll get into that a little bit. I think
0: we might. And with no further ado, today's guest is Karis Pogarty, Vice President People at ADA. Welcome to the show, Karis.
2: Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
0: And thank you for jumping on so early because you're on Vancouver time. So it's quite early for you. And maybe uh, we can get into why you're jumping on early today as we get into it. But I wanted to explain to the audience why I reached out to Karis. So I'm on LinkedIn and anyone who follows me knows I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I like to engage. It's funny. I did a post this morning about being this introverted kid and and people who knew me back then believe it. But people who know me now have a hard time believing because I do like to engage quite a bit and things have changed over the years. But I was scrolling through LinkedIn and I see this video and it was a video on Ada employees doing testimonials about why they love working at the company. Mm -hmm. And you had captioned it and said, this video gives me all the feels. And, you know, when you're going through LinkedIn and, you know, it's very, a lot of people think you have to be very proper on LinkedIn and, Mm -hmm. you know, very professional. And for someone to write that, this gives me all the feels. To me, that was amazing. Because everyone's trying hard. And not that that's not professional, but it's it's very real and authentic. And you came off to me as like, this is someone that I want to talk to. And of course, we reached out. We had such a great conversation when we connected. And I guess the rest is history. So here we are. So I want to get started with why you're off work today. And, you know, you're starting early with us to have the podcast, but what's going on at your company today?
2: So today is what we call an ADA holiday, and we have 10 of these throughout the year, um, typically Fridays, dotted throughout the year when we give everybody an extra company-wide mental health day. So it's a day to spend time with your family, with your friends, doing the things that you love to do, enjoying life, and just taking a break from work. So everybody in ADA is off today.
0: So this is company-wide. So no one's going to be sending emails. So there's no expectation that, you know, Al sending me an email today. I think that's such a fantastic idea because it's one thing when we take our own time. Yeah. But if you're like a lot of us, you're always checking your email when you should be off disconnecting. So when a company disconnects as an entire organization for the day and no one has that expectation, I mean, what a load off in terms of stress and freedom that people can go out and say, yeah, you know what? especially on a Friday. How how nice is that? You can actually go into a long weekend and enjoy your day. So that's fantastic. Really. I'm really impressed to hear that the companies are doing that.
2: We've done a bunch of stuff like that recently. So we've also got Ada holidays on Fridays, 10 times throughout the year. And we've just introduced Tune in Tuesdays, which is a day where there's no internal meetings allowed. So everybody, again, gets to kind of wipe their schedule free on a Tuesday and actually focus on doing the work. Because what we were hearing was everyone's in Zoom meetings, back to back, nine yep. to five, or whatever hours that they're working. We totally support flexible work, but there's a lot of Zoom meetings happening. And then people are like, when do I do the work? And it's like, oh, well, I guess I'll do that this evening or I'll do that on Saturday. Or I mean, that's terrible. So we we really wanted to make sure that people had the opportunity to do that focus work, creative work, self-development, learning, whatever it might be. And there's a day when it's uninterrupted by internal meetings.
0: So that's Tune In Tuesdays. I love that idea because I've experienced that as well. I know Al has an entire day goes by and you're just on meeting after meeting after meeting. And I thought in the beginning, this whole thing, when we were shifting to remote, I thought, Oh, I'm going to get some time back because you know, my calendar won't be as full. And it's funny how your, your calendar just becomes busier and busier and busier and the, and the time slots gets eaten up and you're right. When do you find the time after the meetings to do the actual work that needs to be done? It's either firstly in the morning or late at night or my goodness, you know, bring it into the weekend, heaven forbid, we don't, we don't do that. So I really like that idea. And I found we don't have such a thing. And maybe Al, you and I will have a conversation about our firm, but I schedule time in my calendar Yes. block off where I won't allow people to, to book time because otherwise, when are you going to get that work done? So that's a great idea. Obviously I want to hear about the company, but I also want to hear about you because our first conversation was so good. And I think you've got a great story. And I think a lot of people, I think your story and how you work will really resonate with people. So I thought if you're okay with it, we'll start with what motivates you? Or another way, what's your purpose?
2: Yeah. I think this has kind of grounded me throughout the years. I work in a role that's very people heavy, obviously, you know, head of people, you know, my responsibilities include everything from the employee experience, learning and development through to talent acquisition, it includes DE&I, includes total rewards or the compensation benefits piece, but really it's there to enable All of the employees at Ada, where I work currently, to be able to show up, A, as their authentic selves, have a great experience when they engage with work, and ultimately to be able to feel like they're bringing value every day and to do their best work. And so that's really what drives me, and it always has. I'm not a classically trained HR professional. I don't have any of the acronyms after my name. So it's really from my own experience and, you know, working in this field, uh, the field of talent management for for a long, long time, that really kind of drives me to help people become their best selves through whatever that might be, whether that's, as I say, kind of learning or training, upgrading their skills, whether it's being able to show up as their authentic selves and not feel like they have to, you know, mask who they are on a day-to-day basis whether it's around mental health and other kind of challenges that they may be dealing with so that they can feel stronger and more resilient, so many different ways. So whatever that means is you know, really enabling people to be their best selves.
0: So as a vice president of people and culture and, and engagement, you're, you're worrying about all these things, and, and people are coming to you with challenges in the workplace and maybe looking for other opportunities. And so they're coming to you for a lot. How do you take that all in? without getting overwhelmed yourself because your organization I don't know how many people you have but I imagine it's quite a few and they're coming to you as that one person how do you take that and make sure you don't become overwhelmed and stressed and and have it affect your own mental health
2: yeah so I mean we're about 500 people just coming up to 500 people now ADA Um, my prior organization my role again as kind of head of people was overseeing around nine and a half thousand people across North America so I've worked in different sized organizations But I have to say that one of the most important things to me is having an amazing team around me. Like I'm not one individual. I don't do it by myself. I couldn't, uh, even if I wanted to. But I have an amazing team of people. I, I currently got about 35 people in my team at Ada, and it ranges right across, I say, from talent acquisition. We have two social workers on staff. We have somebody leading the DEI initiatives, the HR business partners to really support managers and our employees across all of the different facets. So having an amazing team around me is so important to be able to share the burden but also be able to innovate and be creative around you know how do we respond to the different challenges that are coming up on a day-to-day basis and then strategically how do we plan for the future how do we put in place strategies programs processes and initiatives to really make sure that our people feel like they're being supported and being able to do the work that they do so it's all about the team honestly
0: it's funny as you're saying that I'm looking back to the video that is the reason why I found you and the testimonials of, and that's what I heard loud and clear. They love the yeah. team. That's you know the people around them, the support they have, the the opportunity to create new ideas and innovate without fear of, oh that's not a great idea. I think that's yeah. fantastic. Sounds like a great culture that you've built there.
2: It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fantastic culture. And I think it's a very supportive culture. There's just so much love and gratitude flying around on our Slack channels all the time, which is so nice to see people really appreciate the effort that others go into for them or for their teams. And, you know, so much opportunity to celebrate success. But also, I think one of the things that we do pretty well is, is that feedback loop. So not shying away from being able to provide feedback to each other up, down across the organization so that we can, you know, continue to get better day by day. I think everybody's committed to that continuous improvement approach and feedback is such a big part of that. So it's incredibly supportive.
1: I want to try and peel back the onion a little bit here on your first question, because you you said, you know, I'm not trained in the traditional HR role and you've talked a lot about your culture. Like, how is it that you've been able to take that approach and get the company to where it sounds like it is right now? Because that's, it's a very different sounding type of situation than a lot of companies.
2: Yeah. And, and it's a good question. I mean, I've, I've only been at Ada about nine months now, so I certainly can't take credit for all of the great work that was done prior to me joining the organization. We have two phenomenal founders of the organization that are really, really clear about the culture of the organization, really clear about that inclusivity, really, really clear about you know how we show up for each other. And they've really set the tone right from the very beginning, six years ago when they started the company. And I think that that has stayed true throughout. And then You know, we try and hire people that can align their own values with our values. One of the values that we have, and I I love our values, we call them the ACEs values, and it's authenticity, courage, empathy, and simplicity. We have empathy as a value. that I'd never seen that before, and that, when I was actually looking at this opportunity, got me really excited to think about, well, if we really stand there and say, well, empathy is at the core of how we show up for each other, how we define our behaviors, then this has got to be something pretty special. And I think it shines through that people can be authentic. They can show up for each other, being empathetic about different people's circumstances situations issues challenges whatever's going on but then that courage piece comes in with the feedback being you know courageous and bold and being able to contribute in a way that you know sometimes can feel a bit uncomfortable or awkward but I think empathy is something that really shines through here for this organization
1: makes a lot of sense and uh, I know in our first conversation too we talked a little bit about your desire to learn so I want to shift gears a little bit and just ask you about that What is it that you're doing to ensure that you're continually learning?
2: Yeah, and learning is a big piece of it, I think, for everybody. And as I say, I'm not a traditionally trained HR specialist, but I want to stay current and I want to stay active to be able to understand, you know, what are the different nuances, different practices that are coming through. I love podcasts. I love reading blogs. I love kind of getting involved in associations to really kind of understand what other people are experiencing and how they're dealing with certain issues. And I learn an awful lot from that. I also, as I kind of graduated higher and higher within my organization, recognized the need to be able to better understand how businesses operate as a whole, as well as each of the different departments, whether it's marketing, IT, finance, sales, product development, and really get to understand that. So I did my executive MBA with uh, Simon Fraser University, graduated from that last year. In the middle of COVID, it was an interesting time. (laughs) But at the same time, it, it really enabled me to get a much kind of better understanding, or at least be able to know what are the questions to ask these leaders of these different functional areas to be able to better understand the organization? And then from a people perspective, how does that strategy fit in? But encouraging all of our managers to be able to kind of hone their skills on a continual basis in terms of how they manage people, how do they show up for their teams, thinking you know, strategically about how to build business cases, how to put together a strategic plan. So all of those kind of pieces, I'm continually looking for opportunities to learn You know, what are the different ways of doing things? What are the new practices that are coming on board? Or even, you know, how is legislation changing from an employee perspective as well to make sure that we're staying current there? So I think learning and development is is one of those things that I have this innate sense of curiosity anyway, I think I always have. And it's it's really about asking questions. And then another great way that I love at Ada as well is we do these things called Donuts. And it's an app that you kind of can add into your your Slack channel. Each week it pairs you randomly with somebody else across the organization. And you know, you hear in many companies people, oh, I don't have time for that. Or the more senior people get, I don't have time to spend that, you know, I'm too busy, et cetera, et cetera. But I do this every week. And so I I connect with whoever I get randomly matched with and It's honestly, over the last nine months, been one of the best ways for me to learn our organization. What are people doing at the grassroots level? How are they interacting with each other? What do they understand the company mission to be? So that learning opportunity from others right across the organization at all levels has just been so incredibly valuable.
1: Well, first of all, congratulations on getting your MBA. That's a big accomplishment. And I love that idea. I'm sure there's going to be people tuning in that are going to take that idea of the donuts, as you say, because it sounds like a great idea. I'm assuming that you can literally end up being paired with anyone in the company.
2: Anyone in the company. Yeah. So it could be is- one of the senior executives. It could be somebody in the sales team. It could be one of the engineers. So yeah, just a really phenomenal way to, and if you're new to the company, it's such a great way to learn how the company works and learn more about our product, learn more about how our sales processes work. So yeah, it's great.
0: See the name of this series that you're on today is called success leaves clues. And I think we just left the clue for any organization that is listening and willing to pick that idea and maybe run with it. So that's, that's fantastic. And that's, that's what resonates with our audience, because we will hear people, I guarantee you people are going to come back and say, oh yeah, the donut piece, that was, a, that was amazing. They're going to come back and talk about that. Kyrus, I want to dive back into, because again, I think it's really important to talk about right now, the work-life balance especially being remote, I've found myself, it's really easy to work really early and then really late and kind of not separate the, the home and the office sort of thing. But how do you manage that work-life balance? And what would you say to other people in your position, uh, similar other leaders, why is that really important?
2: Yeah. Well, let's start with the why, because I think that's that's kind of critical. And I think the why often kind of helps propel the, the how. So why it's really important is ultimately the world has shifted dramatically in the last couple of years, as we all know. So we found ourselves working in very, very different situations. Whereas prior to COVID, when I was in the office every day, I had, you know, 45, 50 minute commute each way. It added on a lot of hours during the week to my workday. And, you know, I'd be getting home at like seven o'clock at night and trying to throw some dinner down and spend some time with the family and maybe grab half an hour of Netflix or something. And then you're doing it all again. So it was challenging. And then going back just a couple of years ago when we were thrown into this new world of working from home, many of us who worked in offices it has been a, a really interesting shift. And rather than claiming back that commute time, our meetings started to start earlier and they sneaked in to later in the day and you found you could do more work in the day. So you weren't actually saving any time, although, you know, there was that opportunity to do so. And then I think there was a shift maybe about six, nine months ago where, well, probably about nine months ago where people said, you know what, this is not good. This is not healthy. And you know, I found myself my prior company because I was working east to west and, and I'd be online from 6.37 in the morning till 6.37 in the evening and sometimes later because the work dictated it and, and you're managing kind of different time zones. So it's really about being able to encourage people to do more of the things outside of work that gives them that time and that opportunity to rest, reset and repair. And those three things are so critical to both your mental and physical health, but also your ability to show up for your team, for others, and for your work in a way that's productive, that's engaged. And so it's so important to be able to take that time to rest and repair. You know, it's something that I've been really, really purposeful about building into my life, and so I do take the opportunity to, like today, is an Ada day. So we're having a great chat, but then that is it. I'm switching off. I'm going to go and hike with my dog for a couple of hours in the mountains here in North Vancouver, and then, assuming the rain stays clear, I'm talking of two wheels. Al from earlier going to get on my motorbike and drive around and and just enjoy. The freedom that that gives me. So I think it's so critical for people to be able to do that. So that balance is really about self-discipline, but it's also for HR leaders and other leaders and organizations about setting up the processes and mechanisms that give permission, first off, for people to feel like they can switch off. It starts at the top, setting the example, the executives need to very much set that example, because if they're on and, and they're visible, for whatever reason that they're working, then others don't feel like they have that same permission. But if the executive set that permission at the top and then everybody aligns with that, then you get this really genuine opportunity for people to do that. And we celebrate the things that people have done on those days off or on the weekends. That's something I think is is really important.
1: Let me first Al- start off by saying I feel kind of guilty that we've got you on this podcast now on your day off. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> this isn't work. This isn't work. We're having this fun. This is fun?
1: Okay. This is a good conversation. It <laughs> made me feel better. This, it made me feel this better. is
2: just brunch, right? It's cool.
0: <laughs> so, Karis, I will tell you that, and I do agree, it's got to come from the top because you've got to you know, let people know they do have permission to to take the time they need. And, and I would say Al probably does this better than anyone at the organization because I will Slack him – you know, six fifteen, and I've noticed he's shut off notifications yep. after he's leaving work because, and it, and it's so important because we're all in organizations where you could probably work till eight o'clock every single night and get up at six thirty every morning and hop on the computer, right? So it's it's really important. I love what you said about setting those expectations, and I and I love how it's coming from the top of your organization to say, "Hey, this is okay because we need you to show up." Were the three R's that you use the rest, rest, re-
2: reset, re- and repair? I love that. One of the most amazing things that I got taught in my onboarding at Ada that I've taken to heart is that you can delay send Slack messages. And it's really, really easy. (laughs) Like if you think of it and you need to get it out of your head and it might be 6.15 in the evening, you don't need that to land on somebody else. Because not everybody's as good as Alex switching off their notifications. So as the individual sending it, I feel now a sense of responsibility to make sure I use that delay send button and that it only lands in somebody's inbox when they're working. So even if I need to get it out of my brain at 6.15 in the evening, it doesn't need to be in somebody else's. So
0: I just learned something new. Success leaves clues again. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's great. Thanks for that. So can you talk a little bit about what is top of mind for you at work these days? And maybe this is a question I quite often ask some of my clients. What's keeping you awake at night?
2: Gosh, as I say, like the environment has changed so dramatically over the last kind of two or three years. And in my 20 plus years of of working, I don't think I've ever worked in such a contrary and confusing environment. We've heard so much around the great resignation. We've heard so much about the challenge that companies and and especially in, in places like hospitality, travel, retail, around finding staff. I don't know if anybody else has been kind of waiting in their security line at airports because they're understaffed or... Uh, your favorite local restaurants shut down because they can't find the staff and these these crazy offers that are going around to entice people into into new roles but then now we're seeing the markets are shifting and there's talk of potential recession coming up so there's so much going on in the world those macroeconomic influences that I think trying to stay current and abreast of what's happening and anticipate how to respond to that is such a challenge so it's really that because I'm first and foremost Almost, you know, my, my role is there to support our people doing great work. And if there's these macroeconomic influences that we have very little control over influencing how we can do that, then that's always going to be top of mind. So that's certainly something that strategically I'm staying abreast with to, to try and make sure we anticipate what's going to happen next and how we can best support people out of these last few years has come a lot of mental health challenges. And I think we're seeing that so present across so many parts of our lives now. And so that kind of stays top of mind in terms of how can we best support people. And I talk about this in terms of like the whole human, just because somebody works for us eight hours a day, doesn't mean that we can ignore the pressures and the challenges that they're facing in their personal life. Because all of those things the whole human, we have a sense of responsibility to be mindful of and to be empathetic around and to to understand and to care for and to a certain degree. And I touched on this earlier, we have two social workers at Ada, which is absolutely phenomenal. I've never worked in an organization that has that before. I've never heard of it before I I joined Ada. And they're, they're trained social workers. And they're there specifically to support Ada owners, we call them owners because everyone has equity in the organization. They're there specifically to support our Ada owners. And you can set up a confidential one-to-one chat with them, have that opportunity to offload, It could be, you know, you're having a conflict with your manager, but it could also be something in your personal life that's impacting or influencing your ability to show up and be as engaged or as productive as you'd like to be. And just being able to support those, redirect people to resources that we have on our benefits plans or EAP plans, that kind of thing, and just make sure that they feel supported and understood and heard. Then the the opportunity we have from those social workers is the themes bubble up. So is there a particular theme that's that's influencing people? So for example, when the conflict started in Ukraine, there was a lot of people feeling you know, real fear, sadness, many emotions around that. And those bubbled up. And so it was great to be able to have that conversation of, well, how do we support people when they're feeling scared or angry or upset, or it's personally impacting them with their own families. So there's so many opportunities like that. So those are the other things that kind of keep me up at night is how do we be there for our people genuinely be there for them?
0: So to wrap this up, last question. What do you see happening or how do you see the next six months, the rest of 2022 going more of the same or any trends that you see out in the marketplace? I guess a lot of employers are struggling with and and you can answer this any way you want. But one of the things I keep thinking about is, are we going to be able to get people back to work in the office or does that even make sense? What do you see happening the rest of 2022?
2: Gosh, I wish I had that crystal ball. I think. Me too. Would. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> if I did, I'd, I'd definitely bottle it and sell it. But I think there's a couple of things. I think the the whole piece about back to office has been really interesting. Ada has a digital first, remote work philosophy, which was in fact already in place pre-COVID. So. It it was a lot easier for us as an organization. And so we've built our processes, practices, culture, et cetera, all around that. Although we're still looking to hone them, there's certain things that we need to do better in terms of that asynchronous working, which we're kind of working through as an organization. But I definitely think that ultimately, organizations need to make a decision about what works best for them as a company. It doesn't work for everybody. Like having that remote workforce isn't necessarily the right thing for one company, but it might be the perfect thing for a different company. So I think taking the time to really evaluate your own organization, how is that impacted by the culture of your organization? uh, The work that you do on a day-to-day basis, how people collaborate. I think that's really important to be very kind of specific with your own organization rather than follow a trend. But I do think that we've shown more and more over the last little while that it is possible that companies can have great success at working remotely or building hybrid models, that it doesn't have to be a full scale return to office in the future. So, you know, encourage people to be open-minded and flexible when they're thinking about that. I think that these macroeconomic events that are happening at the moment will be disruptive to many organizations. I feel very fortunate to be working at an organization that is incredibly well-funded, We've got great product that I think is even more relevant in today's market as we kind of look forward to that potential market disruption. It's really about automation, the opportunity to save money for organizations, as well as as be able to generate revenue for organizations. So I think we have a phenomenal product. As I say, we're incredibly well-funded. So I think from my perspective, I feel very fortunate, but it's going to be very challenging for a number of companies that have been experiencing incredible success over the last couple of years to be able to just kind of stand back, press pause, freeze. How do we navigate these new challenges? So I think that's going to be interesting and will continue to be disruptive in the recruitment market as well as we try and understand that a little bit better. So yeah, a few things that are coming down the pipe, I think for the rest of this year that folks need to kind of keep an eye on.
0: Absolutely, all considerations. And I just really, really enjoyed this conversation. So I thought, why don't we wrap it up there? Thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed hearing your story and and journey, and I'm sure others did too. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Ada?
2: Yeah, for sure. So I'm on LinkedIn, so you can find me on LinkedIn for sure. Keris Hogardy at Ada. Also check out our website, ada.cx. There's a lot of information there in terms of what we do and the organizational culture. But yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one.